Good morning. <laughs> Woo, what an incredible day, isn't it? Today, I love when we do baptisms. They're amazing. I love watching people make that next step and that transition in their life. I remember for me when I did it, and it was just the coolest thing is when you go down and come back up. It's the, it's the sound, because you, you know how things get muffled under the water, and then suddenly you come up, and it's like this roar of people just so excited with you, and you're like, yes, I did it. And I just imagine that's probably what it's like in heaven, like when Jesus died, that um, it was probably really quiet. And then in heaven, they're like, yes, he did it. He saved the whole world. And there's, he went to heaven, and it's just like, like, I'm like, we're over here mourning Jesus, but everybody in heaven's like, yes, <laughs> Jesus, you did it. So anyways, happy fourth. <laughs> I hope you guys have had a good week, been having a great holiday. Um, oh, it's been kind of a crazy week here. As you can see, we've had all the technical difficulties and all the problems that, of course, come with <laughs> church service. And of course, it's always on a Sunday when we're doing something important, we're having a celebration, and then God's going to bring the rain, maybe. So, <laughs> But I'm so grateful and blessed to be up here. This is um, the second time I'm getting to speak this year. It's kind of cool. I got to share the stage with my mom. And now, you know, and again, my other daughter, I'm getting to share it with her here with me. <laughs> This is awesome. I'm like, I'm only going to preach when I'm pregnant. So <laughs> limits the times that I will ever speak. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> honestly, it's one of the biggest blessings of my life. I used to watch my parents do this, and it's just a joy for me to do it and to be able to bring my children into it and to see them do it. It's awesome and them to be a part of it. So for those of you who don't know me, because there are a few new people here, I'm Amanda Canary. Usually, I'm up here doing worship and leading it. And <laughs> whenever you see somebody that you need planning an event, that's me, the church stuff. I'm all doing all that. But uh, this week, I get to speak. And man, it's, it's so fun being pregnant again. <laughs> I started out this year. I remember uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to be 29. It's going to be a great year. And my birthday was like the worst. And uh, after, <laughs> I had the worst birthday ever. My daughter fell flat on her face uh, while we're at my favorite place. And I, we rushed her to the emergency room. <laughs> I think they know me by name because I go there so much. <laughs> but I'm so worried about her. But she fell. And it was just kind of one of those birthdays that like you're like, wow. Can it get any better, God? And then a few weeks later, Austin and I were surprised with the news. We we're having another baby. And we're like, yes! <laughs> it's turning around, God. You did it. But um, uh, it's just being pregnant again is, is so much fun. This time around, it's going so much faster. And um, all the symptoms and aches and pains that were at the end of pregnancy have just, you know, lumped themselves into this last few weeks of me. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> People are like, how are you feeling? I'm like, pregnant. <laughs> That's all I can think um, to say to you. But <laughs> yes, I'm feeling very pregnant. And um, all the pains, all the greatness that comes at the end is now at the beginning with me or the middle. And also, the hunger. I'm like starving for days. 
I walk around joking with Pastor Allen. He's like, we got to meet. And I'm like, that's great. You have an hour. Because once that hour is up, it's lunchtime for me. <laughs> Adeline came and stayed at our house. And they made us food. And they messed up my schedule. And now lunch is 1130, Adeline. <laughs> Every day at 1130, I'm like, Austin, go heat up our lunch. And he's like, it's 1130. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm starving. <laughs> but uh, in my hunger of being pregnant, I've made some pretty bad choices. I don't know. Has anybody else done this where you've gone to the grocery store hungry? Anybody else? Oh, such a bad decision, right? And then bad decision, too, is when you go without a list. <laughs> then you have nothing to like keep you so you can grab the bad stuff, but also be like, OK, I need this. <laughs> so I last week. In my hunger, I was, like Austin and I were just, we had a busy, crazy week, and I was like, Austin, we've got to go to the grocery store. We have no food. <laughs> so just drop me off. I'll run inside. You hit, hang in the car with the baby. I'm just going to get a few meals. I'm going to go in, get out. Well, I get in. I get to the eggs and the milk, which all women know that's where you have to start, is, right? Everybody, anybody, that's where you start? That's where I start. Anyways, I start on that side, the eggs and the milk. I grab them, and then after that, it's like, oh, chips. <sighs> Oh, Oreos. We haven't had Oreos in like months. Like, and we, we're out of pancake batter. <laughs> like, things we don't need. I'm grabbing ice cream. I'm grabbing all this stuff. I'm grabbing candy. And then I, I, I grab pretzel buns because they have them. I'm like, yes, pretzel buns. We're going to make breakfast sandwiches. It's going to be great. And then I get to the car, and Austin's like, did you get some meals? And I'm like, <gasps> nope, no, no. I got food <laughs> that sounded good. I got stuff to make spaghetti, so thank God we'll eat tonight. But um, for the rest of the week, we're, I, I can't go to the store. <laughs> but this is, you know, I was thinking about this is like us, man. man. This is just like us when we walk in the world and we are spiritually hungry and we're spiritually thirsty and we don't prepare and we don't plan. And uh, we're not allowing ourselves to be filled. We go after things that we don't need, right? And suddenly, like, we're, we're grabbing things that we didn't think we, we need. So this is us. It just happens. We walk around spiritually hungry. We go into the world, and we set ourselves up for failure and disappointment with no plan and no purpose behind what we're doing. Without filling our spiritual selves, um, fully with what our only God can fill us with. We have an emptiness and a forever hunger and thirst that cannot be satisfied or quenched. So this morning, we're going to be talking about living our blessed life. I'm so excited about this series. And if you open up your Bibles just to get ready, Matthew 5 is where we're going to start. And it's Jesus is preaching his Sermon on the Mount and talking about the Beatitudes. So I, I kind of want to give an intro so you know what the Beatitudes are. The word beatitude comes from the Latin word beatitudo, meaning blessedness. The phrase blessed are in each beatitude implies a current state of happiness or well-being. And the expression held a powerful meaning of divine joy and perfect happiness to the people of Christ's day. So over this whole series, we're all going to be talking about a different beatitude. And we're going to go more in depth about uh, what Jesus was teaching on and in the Beatitudes and significance of each one. And each one is vital to living a blessed or happier life. Now, so as we read the verse, um, 
Matthew 5, now Jesus saw the crowds and he went up on the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So I guess that poses the question this morning, what is righteousness, <laughs> right? Righteousness and the, uh, the word righteous appear in the Bible 540 times in 520 verses in the Bible. I mean, does that not tell you that this is going to be important? <laughs> this word right here, just knowing what it means. So righteous in, in a simple definition is right standing with God. Righteousness is the condition of being in right relationship with the Lord. To live this, we must be living with a righteous person inside of us. Each beatitude is not about, if I live this way, I will be a Christian. Rather, Jesus is telling us we must already first be a Christian so, and have Christ within us to live this way. We've got to leave our old selves behind in order to pursue after the things that God wants for us. A good example of a righteous man is Job. In the story of Job, we learn that he is a man who has uh, upright standing. He's, he's, he's good with God. He's wealthy. He has a beautiful wife. He has a large home. He has great livestock. He really wants for nothing. <laughs> and in an instant, all of that is taken away. His lands begin to, um, the crops begin to dry up. His animals begin to die. His family members, one by one, fall ill and, and die. And, and Job shows us his righteousness, not by how, like what he has, what, he's, what God's given him, but how he responds when it's all taken away. So Job, Job 1, 20 through 21, it says, Then Job arose, and he tore his robe. He shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came into this world, Naked I came into my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Job could have been angry with God. He could, have, he could have been so angry. He could have right then and there stopped following God, said, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. It would have been so easy in that moment for him to just turn away from God. But because he had a hunger and thirst for righteousness, he was satisfied by God and not, not by the earthly things in his life. Yeah. If Job would have tried to stop what God was doing, he would have been straying from the things that God wanted for his life and driven by his own appetite. Yeah. See, the appetite is what draws us to go feed for things in life and we are we don't fully sorry <clears throat> for things in life and when we don't fully go after lustful sorry, I'm going to just say that worse again my words getting jumbled up in my head but the appetite is what draws us to go feed for things in life and when we are full and satisfied we don't go after lustful and sinful things right. when we hunger and thirst for righteousness we are pursuing the godly life so how do we satisfy it? Why is it so important to satisfy this spiritual hunger? In the beginning, I mentioned what, about the story about going to the grocery store. <laughs> I went hungry and thirsty, and by doing that, I was making a choice to set myself up for failure. 
rather than success. Because all my choices would be made by what looked good in this moment and not the potential of what it's going to look like in the future. Just like walking around a grocery store hungry, imagine that this is our life when we walk with Christ. Will we stop pouring into the spirit side of ourselves? And we stop giving into that side. We, we, we starve our spiritual selves. And we, and we create this thirst and hunger, and, and our walk with Christ begins to be filled with the empty um, and feel empty. And, and we try to start to fill it with things we, that, that will never satisfy it. We start to look for God in other things. We, we put sinful nature into our way because we can't fill that void. Only God can fill it. We fall short and into temptation and have nothing pouring into us that can output Christ-like-minded behaviors. When we begin to feed our spiritual hunger and thirst, we begin to stoke the fire for God's best in our lives. So stoking the fire for God's longing for the best for your life. So Paul, he wrote to the church of Thessalonia, do not put out the Spirit's fire. The apostle was urging the young church to continually stoke the fire of their passion for God. This is so important. we got to keep that spiritual fire burning in our hearts, <laughs> ongoing and the pursuit. And it can't be maintained by just with one encounter with God. You can't just come to church on Sunday and expect to have a relationship with God. I'm going to say that again. You can't just come here on Sunday and expect a relationship with God. Looking at this verse, let's break it down. Blessed are those who, that's who God's calling. Blessed are those who, that's us, who hunger and thirst. That's the action, for they will be filled. That's, there's the promise. So if we do the action, we're going to be filled. Jesus tells us that by doing the action, it's followed with a promise that how we to live in blessedness or happiness, and we have to seek after God's best in our life. So how do we do that? The first one is know the word. It is not enough anymore to read your Bible. It's not enough to just pick it up and do the verse of the day. You've got to know the word. You've got to memorize it. In Psalms 119.11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. To keep that fire burning, you've got to give it fuel. And when we read the word of God, it is living and breathing, and it opens the doors for us to encounter with the Father. Amen. And when we pick up the word, we are actively pouring truth into our spirits and opening the door for God to speak and move in the atmosphere. Amen? Amen. That is the only way. If you want to talk to God this morning, if you want to talk to God in your quiet time, you open the word and you see what God is going to say to you that day. It's incredible. Going, the second thing is we need to go to our prayer closets. I'm going to call it that. I'm going to quote prayer closets because that used to be a thing. I, I didn't believe it, but we went to Arkansas um, two years ago and we went to visit my mom. Um, her family's like old home, and she took us upstairs, and the family that was living there, they still used it this way. They had a prayer closet, and in there, they had scriptures stapled up on the wall. They had prayer requests. They had names. We need to be going to that place with the God. Yes. 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 When we go 
temptation happens, it's so easy. We cut ourselves off from the source. It's easy to become discouraged when we don't invite the Father into the circumstance. Right. <clears throat> In 1 Thessalonians 5.17 through 19, it says, Never stop praying. In everything, give thanks. This is what God wants you to do because of Christ Jesus. Do not stop the work of the Holy Spirit. So when you go to your prayer closet, you don't leave until you feel satisfied. We've got to pray till we feel the satisfaction that God is going to do something. Amen? I remember when uh, my cousin, she was pregnant the second time with her daughter. And the first baby she lost, um, she, she delivered her early at 25 weeks. And she passed away. So the second pregnancy, you can imagine, was, was terrifying for her. And each week they were looking at her body to make sure she wasn't going into early labor. And I remember being so crushed one week that I was like, they kept telling her, oh, you know, this has happened, so she may come before her time. And, and I remember being like, no, God, like, I'm, you know what, I, that doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> and I went upstairs and I began to pray and I said, God, I'm not going to leave this room until you have good news. I'm going to pray until you tell me that something different is going to happen. And that's what we need to do, church. we got to pray until something happens. And, and the beautiful of that story, the ending of that story is the next day. It wasn't even the first hour of the day. Or I just remember I went downstairs and I got this text from her and she said, they told me it's, it's, it's going to be okay. It's, you know, everything's fine. She's not going to come early. And I was like, praise God. <laughs> God, that's a miracle. Like, praise God. That's all he could say was praise God. That's what we have to do. In every circumstance, we need to take those things to God and invite him in. The third thing is surround yourself with the community of God. Another important part of keeping that fire going, think about a fire. What What else does it need besides, you know, the fuel? It needs oxygen. And without it, the flames will suffocate and die. When we cut off from the community of God and spiritual authorities in our life, we cut off our oxygen. Just like a flame, it needs to be surrounded by the freshness of air, and we need to be surrounded by the living family of God to hold us accountable. God never meant for us to do this alone. And we need to lean into each other to keep the pursuit of a living, a godly life. And that means that sometimes we're going to hear things we don't want to hear. Early in my marriage, I had been hiding that we were struggling. It was bad. And I, uh, I was so bent on keeping this to myself. I was like, you know what? It's, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to take it to anybody. Um, and so I... I just, I kept hiding that. I kept thinking, you know what, I don't, I don't need that. And I cut off myself from, from any spiritual help and authority and, and didn't invite the community of God into helping me. And <clears throat> I remember when another person was struggling, I thought in my head, I'm going to go talk to them and tell them how to do better. And it, it was such a prideful moment. And... Um, I was so prideful and I'd cut myself off from just thinking that I was in a bad place. And and when I went to to go see them, 
it wasn't even like a minute into our conversation. I just saw it in their eyes. They knew. They could see right through me. But just because I opened myself up and I went there, God turned that situation around on me. <laughs> and, he, and, and, and I heard some things I didn't want to hear. But you know what? I am so grateful for that moment. Even though I was prideful, God turned it around. And he, and he restored my marriage. He brought people in to hold me accountable. And that's what we need. We need accountability. We can't do it by ourselves. Yeah. The fourth thing and final thing is um, <clears throat> we got to get close to God. First Peter 5, 6 through 7 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Man, isn't that the most beautiful thing that God cares about you? The king of the universe, our heavenly father, who's working on everything up there, he cares about the, each and every one of you. You matter to him. And he wants to have a deep relationship with you. This year our theme has been to get rooted and plant ourselves deeper with God. And this morning as we celebrated the dying of a sinner life, we celebrated the raising of a new life. It's such a beautiful thing. If you feel that you aren't in a right relationship with God and that this morning that you feel you haven't made that commitment in your life with Christ, ask yourself one question. What's holding me back? What's holding me back from today, from stepping into a blessed life? Um, and choosing to live a godly life that he has for me. Maybe it's, for some reason, it's not about making that first step. Maybe for you, you've already made that first step, but it's about making the next step. Maybe you've stopped pouring into your spirit and you've cut yourself off from the source, and you've stopped adding fuel to your fire. You've stopped having that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Here's what God, I hear God saying today, and it's not too late. Today is the perfect time to start. Today is the day you are here in this room or you're watching online. You, you plugged in for some reason. Today is the day, and you don't need to wait. Another minute, another second, another hour. Today is not too late because God is waiting for you and he wants to have that right relationship with you. So as we get ready to close, I'm going to call the worship team back and I'm going to invite them. And I was thinking about what would our church look like if we pursued that hunger and thirst for righteousness? Even better, what would our community outside these walls look like? What would our neighborhoods, what would our jobs look like if we walked in this satisfaction being filled by God rather than be filled by the world? Ready and willing to be obedient to his calling for us. This morning we're going to open, I'm going to open the altar up and invite you to come. And I'm going to ask if um, a few people can come to pray over 
people that want to come, but uh, if you are one of these two places, if you're in that, that place where you want to make that first-time commitment and you want to start living that blessed life, you want to step into the new and leave the old behind, come up. The second one is maybe you're stuck. If you're stuck and you feel like you haven't been pouring into that spiritual part of yourself, if you feel empty and you feel like, I've just been trying to be satisfied by other other things and not by the godly things, not by God, and I'm not pursuing that godly life. Come up. Don't wait another minute or another day. And if you have that, feel that desire, desire to come receive, Jesus into your hearts come up this morning. You've already, you're ready to make the first, if you're ready to make the first time commitment to follow him and, and live a life pursuing God wants you to come up. The second, like I said, if you're ready to just rekindle that fire again, to restart, you're ready to make that next step, come up. God is here. He's in this room. And he's making his presence known.